Fellow Show. I am your host, The Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at The Fellow KGB. And let's see here. It's Tuesday night, December 3rd. It's about 6.30. Yes, that's correct. And uh, welcome to the Fantasy Playoffs weekend. If you're not in the Fantasy Playoffs this weekend, that means you're doing Week 17 championships and you need to get out of that. But anyways, uh, my majority of Fantasy Football users, it's Fantasy Football weekend. So we got a busy waiver wire week this week. Running backs galore, receivers to look at, maybe some QBs and two QB leagues, super flex. And uh, yeah, let's see if we can uh, if we can right the ship and keep things moving along and get you through to the final four weekend. So I'm going to do a screen share here. And we're going to be looking at the fantasyfellowship.com. If you're new here, you can check us out, fantasyfellowship.com. I'm also mentioned my Twitter handle. Check out the YouTube channel. You can find all our podcasts wherever. But if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. And uh, yeah, so we're just looking here, uh, fantasyfellowship.com homepage. I got to change that. But anyways, you hit the waiver wire button. And I've been kind of trying a new way of looking at the waiver wire the last few weeks because we've accumulated so much information that we kind of know, you know, we know who the good starts are. We know who the good sits are. So uh, looking at quarterbacks here, I just got a tier A tier. QB is most likely owned. So Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and then a couple fringe guys, Ryan Tannehill, Dak Prescott, and Jameis Winston make the list. So these guys are pretty much, you know, high priority owned. If they're, if, if Tannehill's available in your league, Winston's available in your league, those are high priority guys that I would, you know, make sure you, you acquire. Um, but like I said, they're probably owned. So we go down to this uh, B tier, potential QB ones, and I got a few names on the list here. Um, some of these guys are probably owned, if not all of them. But if they are, um, you know, Jacoby Brissett here, we're not. So I'm looking at the ESPN filter page here. Uh, I filter by percent rostered and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So Winston's the cutoff. He's currently QB 12 in this format of scoring. Um, so we're assuming all these top 12 quarterbacks are owned. And then guys like Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, these are the guys that we kind of have to start making decisions on here. Um, so if we look at Jacoby Brissett, he plays Tampa Bay this weekend, and Tampa Bay's defense kind of went off on Jacksonville last weekend. So if you are into Jacoby Brissett, it was a tough weekend for him last weekend without T.Y. Hilton, but he threw for over 300 yards. Uh, I don't think that that's the winning recipe for Indianapolis for Jacoby to throw 40 times. But, um, I mean, 319 yards and a touchdown, you know, that's kind of – you know, that's usable as a QB1, and it's at Tampa Bay. Colts need a win to kind of keep their season alive. But, um, I mean, I might be more interested in a guy like Baker Mayfield, definitely Kirk Cousins if he's available, definitely Carson Wentz. Um, these would be priority if you're looking at adding a quarterback to start this week. Uh, Jared Goff blew up last weekend, and if someone kind of cut him in his last, you know, month of, of woes, uh, Jared Goff I think is an excellent plug-and-play this weekend. Uh, he he destroyed the Cardinals last weekend, 424 and two touchdowns. Uh, he got it really cooking up with uh, Brandon uh, Robert Woods last weekend. And um, 
he doesn't really have a useful schedule for weeks 15 and 16, but I think he can be another smash hit QB1 for this week. So I like Jared Goff. I'm not a really big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo going to New Orleans. Um, Baker Mayfield against Cincinnati, that's a plus matchup. Um, and let's just assume Wentz and Cousins are owned, uh, but I would rank those guys higher if I could. Um, Philip Rivers might be kicking around, not interested in Philip Rivers, Derek Carr. I mean, these are all kind of QB2 options. Uh, and now with uh, Nick Foles out of the picture, Gardner Minshew steps up. I don't know if I would start Minshew in a, in a QB1 league, uh, but he Minshew's definitely serviceable in super flex leagues. Um, so, yeah, Ryan Tannehill going up against Oakland. This feels like it's going to be a Derrick Henry game, but Tannehill's kind of proven that he doesn't need to throw the ball a bunch of times for him to be successful. Three straight games with two touchdowns, and uh, he rushed for two touchdowns the weekend before. So that's in his arsenal. It looks like he can, you know, he's got a ceiling of about 40 rushing yards. So I really like Tannehill here. Goes against Houston week 15. You might be able to get two weeks. Maybe start him in week 16 against New Orleans. I'm not sure yet. New Orleans could be resting guys or, you know, potentially playing for that number one seed. So we'll see. But I really like Ryan Tannehill. He might be the one guy that's available in your league. Um, what to do with Sam Darnold? He goes against Miami this weekend, but the Jets offense really laid an egg last week. Uh, Darnold had three really good games in a row with rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns. And then Absolutely nothing was working last weekend against Cincinnati. And Darnold, you know, he's got Baltimore and Pittsburgh on the schedule next. I might just leave Darnold on the waiver wire. Um, he's really just a QB2 in Superflex leagues this week. Um, uh, Andy Dalton's an interesting guy now that he's back in the offense. They got the win last weekend, so that was good to see. Um, Darnold, uh, Dalton's he's a QB2 in Superflex leagues. Uh, maybe you have to, you know, if you have to punt on quarterback this week, I like Andy Dalton for you know 200 yards and a touchdown so going against Cleveland kind of a little rivalry game both teams don't really have anything to play for but pride so we'll see if Andy Dalton can and Dalton's getting John Ross back so we'll get into him in a little bit but I like the Bengals pass offense weapons with with Ross and Tate and Boyd and, and throwing screens to Mixon and Bernard so uh, I'm kind of interested in, in Dalton there um but that's, we're, we're going to kind of keep it simple with quarterbacks. I got kind of everything laid out here, potential QBs for Superflex. And then I'm avoiding these QBs, Dwayne Haskins and David Blau. Um, if you're in a dynasty league, I'd, Tyrod Taylor, man, we might see him play for the Chargers at some point this season. Um, we'll see if, if the coach wants to keep Phillip Rivers plugging in just on, uh, you know, good faith and letting him finishing out the season strong. But uh, something tells me Tyrod Taylor might be the guy to be starting there uh, at some point this season or maybe next season if they decide to do that. So it's something to keep an eye on. But quarterbacks are pretty straightforward, so check out the lists and see how those go. Um, we didn't even really touch on Drew Locke, Devin, Devlin Hodges, or Kyle Allen with you know Ron R Rivera fired now. Um, but these guys are low-end QB2s at best. So uh, we'll go on to the running backs here. I'm not going to really touch on any of the big names. RB1s, you know who you're starting. RB2s, uh, guys like Benny Snell and LaShawn McCoy. Uh, most likely owned. I like both those guys as RB2s this week. Uh, now that LaShawn McCoy is kind of like the last man standing, he's going to get, you know, 15 touches a game, whether it's, you know, 10, 12 carries and three to four receptions. I, I like McCoy, you know, especially because they get down to the red zone and they use the running backs. Uh, frequently there. So I think McCoy's an, a solid RB2 for me. Benny Snell gets the volume. 
And uh, I don't know if I like Benny Snell's schedule the rest of the way, but um, I'm assuming someone has picked up Benny Snell in your league. If not, uh, he'd be a good guy to kind of jump on. I know he's one of the, the lower owned guys in, in the leagues right now, but they go up against Arizona, Buffalo, and the Jets. So but you see here, he's getting the volume at the touchdown last weekend. Uh, definitely going to use him against Arizona, maybe against Buffalo, and we'll see against the Jets, but for sure this weekend. So if, if Snell's available and you need to plug somebody in, uh, he's only 29% owned in this ESPN formats. So definitely take a look at Benny Snell. Uh, fringe RB2 flexes. Uh, Patrick Laird's the first name that sticks out. He So I think they just put, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kalen Balaj. They put Balaj on IR today which means uh, Patrick Laird would be the next man up. And we kind of caught wind of Laird back in the, uh, week 11 against Buffalo when he caught six for 51. And then last weekend against their win over Philadelphia, he rushed for a touchdown and he caught four for 43. And then he also added a two-point conversion. Um, so it might be logical to kind of plug in Bellage's volume for Patrick Laird. I know Miles Gaskins there. I don't really know who else they would promote up to get touches. But games against the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals, Patrick Laird, he might be a PPR RB2 the rest of the season, uh, with the Jets game probably being the toughest. But because of his pass-catching ability, I think Patrick Laird, he's a, he's a poor man's RB2 in PPR league that might just help you win a fantasy championship week 16 against Cincinnati. So uh, don't laugh, Patrick Laird, the uh, potential RB2 pickup to help you win a championship. So. Uh, he's on the list. Uh, Rashad Penny. I'm going to assume Rashad Penny is owned in your league. Um, you know, kind of like the Benny Snell situation, the writing's been kind of on the wall for the last couple of weeks. But with Rashad Penny, not only do you have the handcuff to Chris Carson, who I mean, he's such a physical runner and he's pretty strong, but if anything happens to Carson, Rashad Penny, it's like pinballs going off. You know, you, you hit the lottery. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to snag Penny in a couple leagues uh, a week or two ago and hold on to him as a Carson owner. And now we're seeing Seattle kind of unleash him. Uh, 15 carries last night and a touchdown, four, four catches, 33 yards and a touchdown. Two massive games here. He's accumulated over 100 yards from scrimmage in each game. And he's, he's, he looks the part, you know, if you, if, we were watching him uh, last year, earlier through parts of this year, you'd kind of watch a play and you just be, you know, you wouldn't really see it, anything that would catch your eye. But the last two games, he's been, he's been fantastic in, with catching the ball last night. And then last weekend, he, against Philadelphia, he torched him on that big touchdown run. And uh, 14 carries, 15 carries. Uh, Seattle football, man, they want to run the ball. And then if you look at their schedule, uh, LA Rams this weekend, but then Carolina and Arizona, those might be two of the worst run defenses in the league, probably bottom five for sure. And, uh, man, I think you could, you could bank on Chris Carson owners, especially if you're a Chris Carson owner, you probably already have been on to Penny, but, um, if for any reason Rashad Penny is available, I think he's, he's probably the one guy that I would blow the money on this weekend compared to the other running backs like, uh, like Darwin Thompson or even Alexander Madison, just because Dalvin Cook's still going to be probably in there. Um, but Penny's got the potential to be a league winner as well, because not only because he's playing great, he's still semi of a handcuff, 
but the the schedule is I think one of the big deals for me. So um, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, potential tickets for fantasy championship. Uh, Raheem Mostert, what the hell, man? He he's been on and off my team throughout the year. Uh, he exploded last weekend for 149, 147 yards, and he he just looks smooth. He's to me, he's been the best running back in this backfield all season. Even last year, he looked amazing. Um, so 19 carries, 146 yards, a touchdown, two for eight receiving. But we're unsure of how this backfield's going to go the rest of the season with Coleman and then maybe Matt Breida gets sprinkled in. Jeff Wilson's still lingering in the background. So it's kind of hard to trust. I would put Mostert as an RB2 flex kind of fringe guy. Um, probably a little bit safer in PPR leagues because he's been able to catch one or two balls a game. But, um, I mean, last weekend he was – he that was impressive what he did against a good Baltimore defense. Uh, at New Orleans is next. We don't know how the game script is going to go, but I would probably feel pretty comfortable projecting 10 to 12 touches, whether that's 10 carries and two rush or two receptions. Um, but the, the, the touchdowns is going to be what makes your day for Mostert. So I don't know if I can predict a touchdown against New Orleans, but I do know that Mostert is fresh. He's healthy and he's playing the best football of his season right now, maybe of his career. So um, I would put Mostert kind of in the category with Penny. I would put him in the category with Alexander Madison, Darlin Thompson, these guys that might be available that could help you win your league. And uh, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, man, they've always been kind of banged up. So um, I'm just, I, it's hard to trust Kyle Shanahan and what he wants to do. Uh, maybe you pick Raheem up this weekend and you, you kind of wait and see, but uh, I, at best I'd feel comfortable as a flex in PPR leagues, I guess. So we'll move on down the list here. Uh, Jordan Wilkins played well last weekend. I don't know if he's a high priority guy. Uh, let's see if we can find him on here. He's probably pretty low owned. Jordan Wilkins, Dominique Wilkins. Man, yeah, no one, nobody's owning Jordan Wilkins. Uh, Wilkins is a really good dynasty hold uh, while I'm looking for him. Um, he's been kind of on and off my dynasty rosters the last year or so. Uh, but anyways, uh, 11 carries last weekend for 47 yards. I'm still not sure up what's up with Marlon Mack, but if Marlon Mack is out this weekend, um, maybe he's got Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Carolina. So I'm really only holding out hope for, for the Carolina game week 16. And we're still unsure. Mack kind of has a couple other nagging injuries throughout the year. But if you have a, a bench spot, I'm open to, to kind of rostering Jordan Wilkins. Uh, and then what's up with Jonathan Williams. So Williams kind of took the back seat last weekend, only eight carries, 14 yards. Um, it was the hot hand approach. So I still think that one of these Williams or Wilkins could be helpful for week 16. Um, but we'll, I'm sure Will, uh, Williams is owned after his start last weekend on Thursday night. So Wilkins might be the guy that's available that might be worth a bench spot. So uh, Darius Geis, I'm going to assume he's owned. I still don't really trust the Redskins. They play against Green Bay this weekend. They might be behind, so that might eliminate the run. That might mean more Chris Thompson. So I didn't have Chris Thompson on the list, but maybe Chris Thompson's usable um, in PPR leagues. Let's take a look at his production from last weekend. I know he was on the field for a handful of snaps. So only three carries, 14 yards, and a catch for 15. But um, 
it was his first game back. So I'm wondering games against Green Bay, Philly, and New York Giants. Maybe Darwin, uh, Chris Thompson gets a little bit more work going forward. Uh, nothing more than a PPR flex. Um, but again, we don't really want to invest in Washington players. Uh, so let's move on here to the man of the hour, Darwin Thompson. He was the darling of the fantasy community in August. And not, nothing really happened up until last week when Daryl Williams got hurt. And we see Darwin Thompson come in and close out the game. Uh, surprised me that he didn't get a catch. Um, but you see 11 carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. They are playing New England this weekend. But the problem here, so we're assuming Damian Williams and Daryl Williams are both going to be out this week and maybe for a few more games. Um, but uh, there's rumblings that uh, the Chiefs are going to be signing uh, Spencer Ware back. And they kind of made a move that indicated they're going to free up a roster spot. So they might be adding Spencer Ware to the mix, which Andy Reid has a lot of trust with Spencer Ware. Who knows how his conditioning is, if he's going to get snaps right away. But Spencer Ware is a tough physical runner. He's a veteran that he trusts. So maybe Spencer Ware kind of takes <clears throat> some of the steam off of Darwin Thompson down the stretch. Um, but again, LaShawn McCoy is still pretty fragile. Uh, he's older. And you, know, you just never know on a week-to-week -week basis what's going to happen with this backfield. So it's worth punching a ticket if you have the roster spot. I like Darwin Thompson. Uh, games against Denver and Chicago. And Kansas City's got you know, to fight for wins. So um, I don't know if I would start Darwin this weekend. If I mean, he'd be a low-end RB2 flex for me at best. Um, you know, New England's still got a pretty good defense. Um, but you're, if you're starting Darwin Thompson, you're hoping he gets a touchdown and you're hoping he gets involved in the passing game. So we'll see what happens there. But I definitely think he's worth a, a bench spot. Um, and then Alexander Madison. Madison should have been – if he's available in your league, I would be pretty amazed. Um, if he's available, go ahead and pick him up. Uh, Dalvin Cook's got the chest slash shoulder AC joint stuff going on. So we have to monitor his practice reports, you know, this weekend and see what's going on. But games against Detroit, the Chargers, and Green Bay, that looks like a pretty strong schedule for the running backs here. Um, if Cook can go this weekend, I still might even think Alexander Madison's going to see an increased workload. And he might even get just – I mean, it's playoff time. They don't want to ruin Dalvin Cook right before the playoffs. So I'm expecting, I mean, he saw four catches and four carries. Uh, that's eight touches. I would expect 10 to 12 touches almost every game going forward for Madison. And he's looked really good all season long. You see, you know, 58, 52, 63, 60. The dude can run the ball with high yards per carry. So um, don't be afraid to spend your money, especially if you're a Delvin Cook owner. But it's like I said, Madison, he's only about 19% owned. Um, a lot he's owned in almost all the leagues that I'm in so I'm assuming he's he's already been handcuffed but if not I would put Madison up there with Rashad Penny and uh, Benny Snell a couple of those guys um, not, I got a couple of my favorite pickups here listed um, so I hope that was enough running back information for you we're gonna move on to the wide receivers wide receivers are pretty straightforward I got the ones the twos and then the wide receiver three flexes here kind of listed out. Um, a guy like Darius Slayton might help us win. Uh, Anthony Miller kind of blew up last week. Let's take a look at him. Anthony Miller. Thanksgiving Day, he caught nine passes, 140 yards, 
And then as you see here, the last three weekends, he's been over double digits in PPR leagues, 11, 9, and 13 targets. That's 33 targets in three games. So 11 a game, games against Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City. And, I mean, it doesn't feel good starting him, but you see these, these, these numbers are starting to add up and be consistent. Um, a couple nines earlier in the season. So I love Anthony Miller's talent. Loved him in the draft process out of Memphis. And um, I'm probably going to be pumping up Anthony Miller a lot next year, depending on the quarterback situation. But the fact that he's doing this with Trubisky is pretty impressive as well. And um, he hasn't scored a touchdown all season, so it's coming. You know, touchdowns are coming for Anthony Miller. So if you can find a way to get him, I think he might be worth starting as a wide receiver three this weekend. I know it's Thursday night football, but um, Byron Jones is probably going to be going against uh, Allen Robinson. So maybe Miller is the preferred target that night. Um, any other names here that really stick out that might be worth an ad? Uh, D.D. Westbrook, James Washington, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown. These guys might already all be owned. They should be. Uh, we'll get to Alan Lazard, though, here. Alan Lazard had a pretty impressive uh, stat line uh, last week, catching three of – I think he caught all three of his targets. Yep, all three of his targets for 103 yards and a touchdown. Now, he's not exactly consistent, but last weekend he really showed that he can be the downfield threat that we thought um, MVS was going to be. And uh, Rodgers, his trust, he's had trust in him since the week six game against Detroit here. And we're finally starting to see that kind of pay off down the field. And a uh, game against Washington, Chicago, Minnesota. Minnesota can be beaten deep. Maybe Lazard's a wide receiver three start the next three weekends. Uh, just the trust of Aaron Rodgers, I kind of want to tie myself to that. So I like Lazard as a pickup and possible flex start if you need to. Um, I got a bunch of guys listed here as desperation plays, flexes. Um, let's look at here at the – so I mentioned uh, the Bengals guys earlier in the podcast. Uh, a guy like Auden Tate has had success with Andy Dalton before he was benched. Uh, if we look here, Auden Tate was – he was super steady. You know, a floor – he's got – basically to me, he's got a floor of nine points. And uh, only one touchdown on the year, so I could see touchdowns coming. Now, I'm not too excited about week 15 against New England, but week 14 and week 16 against Cleveland and Miami, um, we could potentially see Auden Tate, you know, getting double-digit PPR points, maybe a touchdown or two. Um, so keep an eye on him. And now that John Ross – they're saying John Ross is going to play this weekend. That might actually help Tate. You're going to have John Ross, Auden Tate, and Tyler Boyd on the field all together. So that probably putting the number three cornerback on – Auden Tate, who might be the most advantageous matchup of the group. So uh, they're saying John Ross, though, is expected to play against the Browns this week. Um, so we got to watch his, his practice participation. But before that, we saw John Brown explode in week one, helped Andy Dalton get a career high in passing yards against Seattle. And this San Francisco defense that has been, you know, so hot lately, he beat them for 112 yards and a touchdown. So, um, if John Ross is good to go, I think he's going to be 100% full go. And again, games against Cleveland and Miami, these might be some big, big games for the Bengals passing offense. So I'm super interested in both Ross and Auden Tate. Tyler Boyd should be owned, of course. Um, but let's take a look here at another guy that I've been impressed with lately. Calvin Harmon for the Washington Redskins, rookie wide receiver. Uh, we see here the last three weeks, he's seen a steady five to six targets per game. 
uh, three, three, and five for catches and somewhere around 50 yards. So it's a poor end wide receiver three flex, but going up against Green Bay, Philly, and New York Giants last three weeks, that sounds pretty good to me. And he might be worth an add. Uh, Green Bay is kind of letting up a lot of yards, not necessarily a lot of points, but Green Bay can be beaten in the secondary. I would imagine Harmon gets matched against Kevin King, who is Kevin King's beatable. You know, he makes a good play here and there, but um, maybe Kelvin Harmon gains some steam going into year two. So someone to keep an eye on for sure, especially in dynasty leagues. I like Kelvin Harmon a lot. It seems like he's got a good rapport with, with Dwayne Haskins. So someone to keep an eye on for sure. Let's see if any other names stick out here. Um, John Ross, uh, Auden Tate, Kenny Stills, Anthony Miller. Yeah, we kind of touched on most of these guys. Um, we got to make sure you manage, you monitor the status of one Julio Jones. Um, even if Julio plays, I still kind of like Russell Gage as a low-end PPR wide receiver three. You see here, 10 and 9 targets last two weekends. Now, Julio Jones didn't play on Thanksgiving night, but again, 5 for 52 and a touchdown, 8 for 76 against Tampa Bay. That was with Julio Jones in. I think even Calvin Ridley ate that day. So, Russell Gage is kind of, you know, earning our circle of trust. He might be worth a, a wide receiver three flex start this week in PPR. So go ahead and see if he's available. That should be enough names for you. I think I threw out as many guys as I can think of. Uh, Zach Pascal's another name who had a good week last week in PPR leagues. Um, but definitely um, check out the receiver list here. And if, you, if you've had any um, past experience with my waiver wire columns, let me know if you like this new format where I kind of list I kind of make, basically I'm making like rankings while doing my waiver wire report. Um, and it's usually the hardest spot is to get this wide receiver three flex group uh, comfortable and then throw in some guys that might potentially be, you know, worth a play. Um, I didn't even talk about Chris Conley for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now that Gardner Minshew's back, um, Chris Conley had some nice games with Minshew all season. Uh, let's clear that. And let's just take a look. I'm, I'm open to – I love all three of the Jaguars receivers, uh, Chark, Conley, and Westbrook. Westbrook's better in PPR leagues. But if you look and see what Chris Conley's been doing, he's, he's basically a 9- to 10-point floor the last few weeks. But he had some nice big games here uh, with, with uh, Minshew, week 7 and 8, usable games. Had a nice game week 2, 4 for 73. But we're starting to see some consistency here. You know, anywhere from five to nine targets and uh, games against Chargers, Oakland, and Atlanta. Anything happens to Chark, anything happens to Westbrook, Conley, his value is going to go up. So um, keep an eye on Chris Conley. He could be a potential wide receiver three flex. So that's going to do it for receivers. Let's move on here to the tight ends, which might even be simpler. Uh, I mean, of course, you got your big names up here that you're starting every week. Uh, Jack Doyle might be the one guy that uh, – could be available that's probably the highest ranked this week he really benefited last weekend from Eric Ebron being put on IR we see here 11 targets season high six for 73 so he set all his season highs last weekend and caught a touchdown so 19.3 points games against Tampa Bay New Orleans and Carolina I mean not the craziest schedule but again Eric Ebron's been put on IR T.Y. Hilton we don't know if he's coming back anytime soon so Doyle would be probably the highest priority tight end to add for the rest of the season. And then I, uh, Greg Olson, he got concussed last weekend. I don't know if he's going to play. Um, 
this weekend or maybe who knows what they do with him you know now that they got a the Ron Rivera fired uh, we'll see what uh, Ian Thomas may maybe they, they, they use Ian Thomas a little more down the stretch he caught all four of his targets for 24 yards Atlanta Seattle Indianapolis I'm not scared of those secondaries so I'm keeping my eye on Ian Thomas uh, I've been shelving him in dynasty leagues for a while um, so if Greg Olson's out maybe Ian Thomas is a, a tight end one streamer this weekend uh, Jacob Hollister Dallas Goddard they've been on my list for a while as tight end ones, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Goddard caught six for 66 last weekend. And Hollister, what did he do? He had a decent stat line. Um, and 10 points last week, uh, six for 44. So kind of sporadic targets, sporadic usage, but he's got a good chance of getting a touchdown. And again, week 16, uh, start you always want to start a tight end against Arizona so that's why I've been kind of holding on to Hollister um, down the stretch because I saw that and I like the production I like the touchdowns he's a red zone presence he actually should have scored a touchdown week 12 Russell Wilson had one of the worst throws I've ever seen Russell Wilson do uh, to a wide it was wide open Jacob Hollister and Wilson was on the move and he just kind of airmailed it over him and it's like what the hell so anyways Hollister there's a good chemistry between the two and uh, I think you can expect eight to 10 point floor there for tight end. If you need the help, uh, we talked about Goddard, maybe Austin Hooper's back this weekend. I mean, you're going to start him if he's going to play. So go ahead and do that. And then potential streamers this weekend that I like uh, Tyler Higby. Uh, Gerald Everett was out last weekend and we saw Higby probably have the best game of his career. Uh, seven for 107 and a touchdown again against Arizona. You want to start your tight ends against Arizona. In fact, let's um, little nugget here. Let's take a look at the Arizona schedule rest of the season, so I can tell you who the tight ends are they're going to want to start. So they play against the Steelers this weekend. Maybe Vance McDonald's the guy to start with Devlin Hodges throwing. Uh, Cleveland Browns week fifth or week fourteen. Yes, one, two, three, four games left. Okay. Um, so David Njoku would be the tight end by then. I don't know if Njoku's going to play this weekend. So hopefully we do get a little bit. It would be nice for Njoku to get the rust off this weekend so we can maybe start Njoku next. And then, yeah, Jacob Hollister, week 16. So Vance McDonald, David Njoku, and Jacob Hollister might be guys worth starting during those games. Uh, Jason Witten, I'm not going to start Jason Witten, even though he did score Thanksgiving. Uh, let's just take a look at Jason Witten. He looks... Like he's slowing down. I do like what I saw to Blake Jarwin lately, but anyways, Jason Witten, eight targets, six for 42. I just, I don't want you to start Jason Witten and then come to me like when he gets 1.5 or 3.7, but those are tougher defenses. Chicago, tougher defense. Rams don't really have linebackers. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, I would much rather add a guy like Higby, Hollister, Goddard, Doyle, even I'd even probably go O.J. Howard, who caught like five for 50 or something last weekend. Um, but uh, the one guy that I want to call out here is Mike Jacecki, and he has a pretty juicy schedule to finish the season. And if he's available, he might be the tight end worth taking a, a flyer on. So caught five of seven targets last weekend, 79 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the most impressive thing that I've been seeing is the consistency in targets. Uh, six, 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 and seven, and seven, um, with three games over double digits, a couple eights in there. I mean, he's 
his worst game is going to be I, – I just don't see him getting less than four or five points the rest of the season. Once you look at the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals as a schedule, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to keep airing it out. The team's got to focus on Devontae Parker now. And they don't really have a run game. So um, I like Gusecki in the short passing game. Could get some touchdowns down the stretch. And, uh, yeah, we mentioned uh, Kyle Rudolph maybe if Adam Thielen continues to be out, Ian Thomas. But, anyways, I think I threw out enough names for you to help. Um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday night, I love you. You're awesome. Uh, this is – I film that I do this late on Tuesday night, so I kind of expect um, – this to be listened to maybe late Tuesday or early Wednesday, um, any, any time throughout the day on Wednesday. So um, one of my biggest things is I like to add people Wednesday morning, the morning after waivers of process and get the guy for free. This helps, especially if you're trying to save money or if you're out of money. So this is kind of like the morning after the waiver wire podcast. Um, so hopefully I did some things that can help you out. We talked about the Cardinals tight ends. Uh, we touched on all the positions. And, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, waiver wire show. If you are watching on YouTube, comment, like subscribe, tell me what else I can be doing for you. Check out the Twitter at the fellow KGB. Got a couple other friends on there. You can find uh, Jesse at the fellow JGM. Um, and yeah, thank you for watching. It's playoff time. It's so great. I have, um, one of my, my home leagues that I started, uh, senior year of high school, maybe first year of college. Um, we're going into our 10th season now. And uh, everyone's coming down for the weekend, for the first weekend of the playoffs. We're getting together. I think we have seven teams in our playoffs, and we're having six of the seven guys all together. Uh, a couple other extras that didn't make the playoffs will be there. But uh, anyways, it's, it's a good time. Thanksgiving, holidays, a uh, good time to be together with people. And uh, just enjoy even if you didn't make the playoffs, just enjoy football, enjoy other people's company, enjoy being part of a league. Some people, I, I know people that don't have leagues and they're like on the waiting list to get into my leagues. Um, so very fortunate and thankful for everything. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving and uh, let's, let's get it. Week 14. I want, I want to get you to the final four and uh, yeah, I don't know. Thank you. Have a good night, morning, whatever you need. Take it easy. Mm -hmm.